Good morning, good morning, good afternoon, depending on where you are at. And what a what a wonderful day today is. I, I can tell you, we just had some rain here in uh, in Southern California, and uh, much needed so. And and it's wonderful that everything is so so beautiful and green today. But we're not here to talk about the weather. We're here to talk about well leadership and planning and what that means. And so leading through disaster planning, and I have a good friend of mine and an and expert in disaster planning for businesses and organizations, Bill Cunningham. Bill, welcome to the show. Oh, you're muted, buddy. Thanks very much, and it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> it's always a pleasure time working with you. You're, you've got a, a real a real great spirit about you. I appreciate it. Thank you. So, thank you, Bill. Appreciate that. So, you know, when we're talking before, um, just about, about leadership in, in general, and like, why why emergency managers and people in this area really are leaders, right? No, even if you don't have the title and, and it's really, really saving organizations through that planning process. And so I guess my first question is for you, because I know this is kind of the world that you're in. How do you get the buy-in from the stakeholders, the key stakeholders, the C-suite uh, that want to spend money and, and resources onto that planning and exercise side of disaster management? Well, I think that's, a, I'm probably dating myself by saying that that's the $64,000 question, um, <laughs> is that, uh, you know, the buy-in is tough because there's a whole different world between um, saying the words and making the actions happen. You know, it's like we're, we're uh, sa- safety is paramount. Um, emergency planning is paramount. But then when it really gets down to it, what's happening on the front lines that um, that move that move the needle forward? Um, and it's just a matter of you know, we, we talk often about a program and a system where, you know, a lot of our world is ocean emergency planning in the ocean world. You know, there's a program as a written document that you can buy off the shelf or you can spend all kinds of money on. But then you've got to have a system that works with it right. and how do the two go together. And the biggest buy-in is when it's you start to make that. It's like, wow, this is real. This is tough. Um, but it's a learning curve in a new area. It's not a matter of it just becomes part of the operation if you can get that that buy-in that you gotta, you know, just come up with a new point of reference for the business. So, kind of going to that part of it when you're thinking through this process of saying, hey, your job you know, the, the CEO or whoever stands up and says safety is paramount emergency management. And, you know, and at the end of the day, if we think about the plan that we're doing, it's all about the people, right? Not necessarily about the stuff, right? The people are important to us, but then when it comes time to, they start doing budget cuts and they seem to cut safety programs because they don't see an ROI. Uh, How do you, how do you explain to them that this is critical and that this is not the area to cut? Well, and, and the, the big challenge with that whole process is that it depends on where the emergency management is in the organization. Um, if it's in operations or if it's in HR or, you know, where or is it stand completely on its own? Because it, the different levels come down and it goes to literally dollars on the table um, right. that are happening. But the Pushback or the, the, what we talk about often is we'll talk about specific incidents where it doesn't take 
a lot. You don't have to put massive dollars into a process. Um, mm. You have to, but have a process. And then you start to build on it and you just buy in. You get somebody in the organization that's bought into it. Start it, start the process and keep it moving. Um, it's when it gets cut all the way to zero and literally taken out is that's when the disasters happen and businesses fail. Right. Uh, but if there's some somebody that's there, even when it's cut, but it's still moving forward and they're still thinking in their minds about what do we do in these kinds of emergencies? And the key is that you don't want to necessarily have a massive program to handle 500 different incidents because you just have to think about a, any kind of incident using the ICS system, which we talk about so often, the incident command system, is that you get people to understand that process on a base level and then it can expand or contract as needed. So if you've got somebody that's literally moving the process forward and continually just moving it, and it can be an add-on, and it depends on obviously the size of the company, but it, it usually ties directly with a safety team. Um, and the safety team and the emergency management team, we realized early on, they're identical, those two processes. And so if you kind of kind of merge it into the safety team process so that it's a working together in that in that it, it's one effort, because if you've got a safety issue, it's an emergency issue. Um, so Melding it into the safety team is where your best bet is. And, you know, an OSHA requires a safety team, you know, for any, you know, any organization. Mm. Yeah. And so, so it's a matter of not thinking about it being a, it doesn't need to be a huge, massive plan that stands completely on its own. Its own, it needs to be integrated like a safety team integrated into the operation. And so right. there's, so people are just aware of it, but it just keeps moving. So Elaine says that one of the biggest problems is when you have to deal with fractions who each have different priorities and don't play well together and try to get everyone on the same page, or at least on the same book. I love that. Or at least, at least in the same book. That's, that's so true. It's not even on the same page. Sometimes people are completely like, in a you know, in a, in a whole different book, not even in the same uh, sphere. <laughs> yeah. So how do, how, how do, how do you use leadership um, to get people like you said, in the, at least in the same book, but even on the same page. Well, with, with the idea, and some of it has to be from, again, that one person in the organization, and it can't be from the outside, you know, as, as outside consultants. Um, we can bring information, but then um, there's all kinds of stuff that goes on behind. But if you've got a person that is taking the lead and moving forward with it, that person it should be looking at what are potential challenges that we have that are real, that could happen. What are things that could happen to us? And, uh, you know, with one of our clients, we use like to lose, use a thing called things that can close us down, <laughs> you know? And so when you talk with your C-suite, it's like, okay, what are the things that can close us down? Like, right. You know, one is, um, you know, a pandemic. <laughs> one is a uh, civil unrest. Um, you know, the market goes completely kaput. Those are things that can close us down. But then also, what about a, uh, um, you know, an emergency of fire that comes up on your facility um, where we have yeah. a couple of those? 
um, or if you're in a hurricane area, you know, a, a hurricane comes through, what are some simple things that you can do without being making it a, a, a whole business operation? And again, we try to make everything very simple and straightforward. So if you just take it and, you know, for instance, one of our, um, one of the examples that I wanted to, to mention was in Katrina. And there was a, uh, I worked with several different, it was at a law firm at the time, and we had a collections division. And in Metairie, Louisiana, for some reason, there are a ton of collection agencies and they would hire lawyers um, to do their work locally. And when Katrina was coming up on it, the, there was uh, one of the people that we worked with, I was talking with him as it was going on. He was very sure of himself. He, he made four backups of all of his data and sent it out using um, three different um, FedEx, UPS, and whatever another one was, three different carriers, sent it out to three different places in the country to say, okay, if I get taken down, this is going to, you know, what's going to happen, you know, we're, we're going to be able to recover. Well, as it turned and started, was going to be a direct hit. He just got, and this is again one person who just took the initiative. He went in and just walked into his office, unplugged the servers, the two servers, and put them in the trunk of his car and drove to Houston. Every single one of those backups that he mailed went to one distribution center that was flooded. So every single, every he was thought he was doing everything, but it was completely, it was a total, complete loss. And if he hadn't done that, his business would have been out. And at the time, we worked with about a dozen different carriers, um, collection agencies, and probably two survived. You know, uh -huh. they, were, they just because they completely lost everything that's in their business. So again, this is one person just taking initiative to move to to do something forward. Always thinking about what the the system is going to be. You know, yes, it's not a guidebook, but what we see is people try to make it too big, mm. you know, and, and and pile too much on, and then they'll bring in a consultant and they'll tell us, you know, we'll they'll say, okay, we want you to cover all of these things, and as we're in a C-suite, we're in a conference room, we're talking, and people just glaze over. So it's like yeah, we're just we're just not going to do all this. So right. we keep saying, make it very simple, and then build. Just slowly build. You know, be, be the, uh, the camel, the camel's nose. Just get your operation going, and then just start start building on it. Um, and it. then it starts to make sense because people will start to see, especially when you can bring experiences like the one I just shared, um, and you can see how it really does make a difference. Just doing something. <laughs> and that's one of the things we say often in our in our uh, emergency planning and training is do something without being part of the problem, you know, in any kind of emergency, do something without being part of the problem. Well, if you're, you're trying to sell too big of an operation or something massive, um, you're actually becoming part of the problem you know, mm. in the organization and, and in the C-suite and in what's going on behind the C-suite, because there's even more, you know, behind the scenes that are there. You don't know what's going on with the company future, what's, you know, who's retiring, who's moving in and out all the changes. So you just want to just start with a good basic thing with one person just focused on it. Now, I know you mentioned fires before. So tell me that story that you had um, where the where your pr program actually helped uh, 
I guess avoid getting burnt out, right? Well, it it was a it was a very very dramatic situation. Um, we were working with a senior care facility up in Highland Park. Um, we were hired to put together a big program for them, a uh, um, an integrated health and safety plan, and their Medicare. So they had a they had several different requirements they needed to take care of. They had no safety team in place. They had nothing whatsoever in place. And we went up and did surveys with them. We did a couple of walk-arounds, and we found along the back pathways a beautiful area, you know, next to a park and an Audubon Society. And there's a back pathway with a walk um, that goes kind of a finger out to the back area. Um, and we noticed when we were doing a walk-around that it was in severe disrepair. There was a sprinkler system back there. There were lights, but they, it had been years before it had been looked at. The, the wiring was all gone. Everything was shot. It was just kind of overgrown. Um, and we put this on the list for the safety team. And we were talking about, because it went down a slope, and there was a fence at the bottom, um, a lot of brush and dry area there. And we every month we would on the safety team we told them we you know this is on the list and we're going to bring it up each month we're not calling you out but we're not taking it off the list and this last year july 20th um, was about our sixth safety team meeting and one of the teams said okay bill we finally fixed that back area are you happy <laughs> i was like Okay, yeah, I'm happy <laughs> that you protected yourself, you know. <laughs> but there's the whole process of where where's the ownership of that? Right. Well, the person the person that did that, um, you know, really took ownership, and and he was the one that kind of made the slide snide remark. But um, July 30th, ten days later, a homeless person started a fire right along at the base of that hill. Um, the fire quickly climbed within 30 yards of the facility. There were 60-foot flames above the roof of the facility. And there were 11 helicopter drops and 90 firefighters that came in and, and battled this blaze. But because of what they did in making sure that that area was just brought up to the standard it was set for, they only had to move one patient prophylactically. Because, um, you know, that was the closest room they felt it was better, but there was nothing was happening as far as the facility was concerned. And so not only did that it would have literally swept up the hill and taken the facility, it likely could have been, you know, life, life threatening, you know, on many levels, because these are very senior. This is, they specialize. Most of the people are over 100 years old. You know, oh, geez. So it's. Um, you know, when they're at that stage, it's kind of like um, someone described you picking up a spaghetti noodle, you know, when you're trying to move someone, you know, right. in that area. So it would have been, it could have had dire circumstances. But again, it was a person taking the initiative to move forward with the process. Um, and that's what all the leadership is, is that you, if there's a person that grabs it and runs, um, I'm going to diverge just a little bit. We talk often in our uh, in our training as well about don't be a Ricky rescue or a Barney Fife. You know, put me in, coach. You know, or you know. So uh, the person needs to not be you know standing up and screaming at every board meeting. You know, this just quietly do your work, build your safety program, build your emergency plan, and then just start moving it. 
moving it out and keeping aware of what's going on around you. Um, that's where the, the civil unrest has been. So, you know, when we had that last year, um, you know, in, in addition to the pandemic, there were people that just kind of moved, quietly moved things around so that it didn't become an issue. Paul says, gotta love it when we can promote EM as it's not about the money. It's about promoting insurance and stability. That That is so true. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it, it doesn't have to be, I, I, I keep beating a horse, you know, it does not have to be a huge program or a huge system. Eventually you'll get there because at some point there'll be an aha moment. You know, yeah. and what we've seen it time and time again, there's an aha moment. One of the things I like that's going this trend, I guess, for lack of a better term in emergency management, is we're seeing the move away from like those, you know, six inch binders, if, if they exist, you know, on your, uh, <clears throat> on your, on your, on your bookshelf behind you to like, you know, a 20 page emergency operations plan, you know, with some annexes that will go here and there to, to help you out. And it's just thinning it out because, you know, when the, when the crap hits the fan, you're not opening up that fat binder to find out what's going on, you know, um, and then moving to the idea of, of checklists, I think is, is, uh, is cool as well. You know, um, now your program that you, that you teach, um, I think is interesting because you're kind of combining, um, like a cert program, if you will, um, on the business side, right. Um, and, and really getting people, uh, trained. Well, what is the turnover rate like, um, for people who've gone through training, how often do you, should they do that? And, you know, uh, and, and what's the maintenance, I suppose, um, after you've come in and done one, one program for an organization? Well, it, 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 we all, we're all emergency managers, you know, or, or we know their perishable skills. You know, if, if we're not watching videos, if we're not paying attention, if we're not taking advantage of these kind of resources, um, it, it's gone in, in a matter of months. Um, our program, the company is, excuse me, the company is BERT, which is building emergency response teams. And we started in the CERT world um, back with the UASI grant, you know, 15 years ago. And realized that CERT works great for what it does, but it's not great for business. Um, and so what we're trying to do is to um, take the, the CERT, the best of CERT, merge it with OSHA, you know, and the emergency action plans that OSHA requires. Um, and merge their safety teams and put put the, the CERT team and the ICS and the safety team kind of put it all together um, so people have the ready resources. Mm. And you're, you're absolutely right about um, needing to, to reduce the, you know, from the binder on the shelf. We, we go into clients all the time who have, they spent thousands of dollars to have someone build a plan for them and it's super thick and it has a picture of every gate and every fence and everything is going forward. Well, Who's who's ever going to look at that, you know? And so we we actually even take uh, clipboards um, that and we put the the ICS in there. We put all the action items, everything in clipboards, and put it around the facility. And so anybody knows at any time you can just grab one of those clipboards and you can see, you know, what what are the steps? What what you know? Who are the people I need to call? What needs to happen? And so we were talking with a, a potential client the other day. It's like you could use other people in an emergency than your staff. <laughs> you know, if, if, if you or I were to walk into a place um, and an emergency happened, 
I would expect their emergency manager or their ICS as a commander, whatever, to say, hey, Bill, could you go do this for me? Todd, could you go do this? And of course, we're going to say, of course, we'll, you know, we'll do it. Use right. whenever you can. So we put the resources around the facility in a very simple binder, uh, a very simple uh, clipboard. Right. So. Elaine says the good use of that six-inch binder uh, is to use it for weight in the truck during your winter months. So those of us that grew up in the snow completely understand that's a perfect that's, that's a perfect use of that binder, Elaine. That's, that made me. Uh... It, it absolutely is. And our daughter just moved here from Southern California to Boston, so oh. I think I might, I, I've got a, several of those here from clients. I might, might send them to her. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you do a lot of work um, in the volunteer space as well. Um, and you just told me today you're going down for a team Rubicon training and, and, and you work with us. How do you integrate um, the volunteers um, into, into that plan? Into the emergency management plan? Yeah. Well, um, team Rubicon, as, as you know, is a disaster res- resilient disaster recovery program. And so it, uh, there's a natural bridge between you know the business that we do and that. And so the conversations we have just just naturally go, uh, but by the same token, while I've got my team Rubicon hat on, I'm not promoting the company. You know, that that, that would go that would probably be frowned upon. I would frown upon it, you know. Right. But, uh, but it's um, you try what we always try to do because I work with with veterans a lot, I work with uh, uh, veteran entrepreneurs, is that we try to keep um, at least for the business, we keep segregated periods of time so mm-hmm. that, you know, we, we don't get too drug into something, you know, that, that needs to be, but we keep focused on how do we learn from one to bring it to another. So in other words, the team Rubicon training that I'll be going through, this is instructor training. Um, you know, I'll be learning things to be able to bring back to our staff, to be able to bring to our clients. Mm. And so always try to take and, and everything needs to be a learning process for emergency managers. Listen, learn, take advantage of all different kinds of places you can and give back when you can give back in something like this, then you're going to get, you know, uh, you know, infinitely more than you ever give. When you have somebody who um, is, you know, at the business or at the organization that you're dealing with, because like I say business because I, I, I I've been changing the idea of business to organization because it might not just be a business. It might be a school. It might be a church. It might be something like this. Uh, how, how do you work in uh, those that are not necessarily their job is to be emergency management? Maybe they're the secretary or the file clerk. Um, and then when the disaster occurs, um, they, they change roles. How do you work with them? How do you integrate them into your plan? Um, and, and you're, I see the evolution of your thought process. We've done the same thing. We've actually gone to facility. Okay. okay. Facility because you'll have a, you know, we have clients that have multiple facilities that have totally different operations. And so, you know, they need totally different emergency plans. But what we'll do is it's got to be, and this is where the tough part is. It's got to be somebody who gets it. You, this is not something that you could just assign to a secretary and say you need to take, you know, do these and go through and check these boxes. It's got to be somebody who understands and has some sort of um, passion or understanding of the the 
process of something bigger than themselves. Because if you define a secretary as somebody who comes in and sits down and, and busily works through their day versus somebody who comes in and is looking around and saying, how does this interact with that and this and the other area? It's got to be that you've got to find that person who interacts and sees the world from a bigger place than their computer screen in front of them. Um, and without that, it, it will just sit and become a binder on a shelf because right. that person wants to do, you know, process. That's, that's no judgment, just that person wants to process. You know, um, well, Elaine says people that have duties assigned are at a disadvantage until they get it. The the other thing I think that people don't understand too is like those that say that's not my job, right? Like okay. like those are you know you 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 come across those people all the time like hey I'm paid to be here uh, from nine to five, <clears throat> you know um, I'm going home I'm clocking out at five o'clock I don't care what happens before nine I don't care what happens after five and if it's not in my job duties um, I'm not doing it. How, how do you sell a program like that? I mean, when I sell like sell. Right? How do you get them to buy in? How do you how do you get somebody like that to understand that during a crisis everybody has to be part of the team? You know that's that's a really great point, and Elaine brought up a really good point as well. Um, when I was talking about getting, and I was talking about a the thought process of a person, you know, of, of an individual. Uh, one of the things that you know when and Todd, I know you've you've run into several you know times where you've had emergencies or disasters, you've been on the front lines, and I have as well. Um, we use the example in the training is that if you were to have a, a school bus in an accident and students were getting off of the school bus and you're helping them, you know, get off the school bus, you're going to see people who have, who are wide-eyed and panicked. You're going to see people who are closed off and you're just sending them in a direction. And you're going to see a person who's got is engaged, is watching what's going on, is looking around. And when you're managing any kind of situation, you have to have help. And so as people are coming off the school bus, you want to move the people that are scared and afraid and, and disengaged over to the side. And when you see that person look you in the eye and engage with you, you move them over, they're going to be your right-hand person to help move things happen, move things forward. And it's the same thing inside an organization. It's not some, I don't believe it's something you can teach. I don't think mm. it's something you can assign. You have to, you have to look for someone who has some forward looking thought process, outward looking thought process um, in order for it to be successful. It, it's a frank one, but it's, you know, it's kind of a, a real world. Yeah. I, I mean, sometimes obviously, you know, um, those people sometimes become a hindrance, right? So just sending them home probably be the best, right. uh, the best move, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, so, yeah. You know, is is just it is it's kind of the same thing. When when I early on it, when I was a certain instructor, that the first responders would say, you know, is if you can't come running up to me and tell me I'm cert cert trained, it's great. Go over there and move those rocks from there to there. Because you know, if it, you're not seeing what's in front of you, you know, um, you know, in an emergency, our job is to get every when it's happening, get everyone out of the way of the first responders. That's our only job, you know, right? During the emergency, get everyone out of the way so the first responders can do their work, um, and then you start rebuilding. 
that's a pretty simple job, you yeah. know, um, you know, but you, you just got to get them out of the way. And, and somebody described to me once, and I thought it was really interesting that, because um, we do senior care facilities and others that picture um, first responders as a high school varsity football team, full pads, busting in the doors. <laughs> so, and then bar barreling down toward wherever the incident is. And that's truly what the situation is like. So you're not going to be able to say, excuse me, guys, could you watch that lamp over there? Or could you, <laughs> you know, could you, you know, do whatever? They're just, they're just moving forward. You've just got to get everyone out of the way. That includes right. your customers, your patients, your um, staff, your contractors, get everyone out of the way. Um, but you've got to have that ability to do that. And so you've got to be somebody who's looking forward because you can't say move them out of the way into the community room when maybe the community room it becomes involved. So you've right. got to be able to quickly think, I'm going to move them out of the way to the kitchen, <laughs> you know, or, or whatever right. the situation is. But you've got to have a thought process that's wider than the screen right here in front of you. Not a lot. It's just someone. You can just see it in their eyes. Semper Gumby. Right, Semper Gumby. Oh, well, hey, we're coming to the end of the uh, the show here. I do appreciate your your time and effort that you put into uh, emergency management and also just helping businesses and organizations uh, be better prepared. And uh, and thank you for your time. Is um, How can people find you? So uh, the website is bertinc.org, B-E-R-T-I-N-C.org. Um, you can go there and I'm, I'm easily findable on the website to, in the contact us section and would be glad to continue any conversation anyone would like to have. Um, and it's, uh, um, we're, we're all passionate, you know, about, about this work. Um, and we're really trying to be very real world about it. And so appreciate it. Appreciate that. Appreciate talking with you Todd, and your group. Absolutely. Bill. All right. I'll see you next time. Hey everybody! Thank you for spending this morning with us, and it's uh, it's it's been a great great time. You know, as we move forward, and and uh, we're in the spring here. Uh, don't forget that you know we're going to start having some some wacky weather and, and things like this. So, as emergency managers and, and crisis leaders, uh, we need to be prepared for anything. And an organization like Bill will help or help your uh, business uh, stay prepared. Until next time, I want everybody to please follow me on Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube. And also, don't forget to subscribe uh, on your favorite podcast player. And please stay safe and stay hydrated.